You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. This is our third installment of Chesidah Shepsak, and we have been centering in on on one of the great Chesidah Shorebis of all time and one of the great Talmud Chachamim among the Chesidah Shorebis, if not the greatest of the Talmud Chachamim of men who took that title of Adoneinu Mareinu B'Rabbeinu, and that would be Rav Shneur Zalman of Liyadi, in Chabad known as the Alter Rebbe, the last one, the Alter, like the, the grandfather of their Rebbes. And uh, the last two weeks we've talked about um, the type of care and uh, carefulness, the type of exactitude, which we're going to see again today, and also his mastery of the sources, but also his uh, innate understanding of what the situation called for and the type of honor that needed to be showed, even for people that were um, on the opposite side. And and it was clearly that there was, the factors were not just halachic factors, the meta-halachic factors especially call for great respect for people from the other side. I think that the two classes that we've done previously in the Alter Rebbe and today's uh, really uh, emphasizes something which is in this week's parsha, where Moshe Rabbeinu um, begs God to put someone in charge of Klal Yisrael that can lead them. Someone who is able to to do that job, to be the next leader. And I think that uh, the language of Chazal describing what Moshe Rabbeinu wanted, you know, Moshe begs God um, to find an Ish Al Ha'eda, to find someone who can can lead the people. He's he knows he's going to die. Asher Asher Now that sounds like we're gonna. That sounds like the leader needs to stand in front of the troops and be a symbol of of what's of a possibility is, but also. Asher Yovo Lifneim, actually brings them back, and he's in front of them. But then the pasuk repeats itself and says, "Vasher Yotziim, Vasher Yiviim." That last phrase is unnecessary. It already says that the the that the that the Melech is going to go out in front of them. So the simple shot is is that he actually is the is the is, is the driving force that gets them to move. It's not just that they're ready to move and he's their leader. But he actually is responsible for them going and doing whatever needs is necessary, and he actually is the force that brings them back. And that is the uh, the is what Moshe Rabbeinu, who understood what a leader needs to be. It's interesting again the language of Chazal that I sent in the invitation. I just want to read you some of it. This is from the Medrash Agoda, founded by found by. Um, uh, it was in a manuscript and was printed by Roshlomo Buber, the Choker, but we have no reason to doubt the accuracy of the terms here, which are um, One thing you need is a disposition to be able to deal with people. That is something that's important in a leader. The Ruach Lesovlam. Um, Moshe Rabbeinu knew that. He had been tested. 
and perhaps he had even failed in some way uh, when his ruach got the best of him. But he realized that for these people, Jewish people are inventive, creative, pushing the envelope. You know, I know it's I'm not playing identity politics here and saying the Jews have, have 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 demands, have ideas, they're not passive. And you need to be able to, and this might be true for any group that's going to be variegated. I don't, that's not specific, but I know that we have it in in uh, we have a great wealth of this sort of I wouldn't call it cantankerousness, but definitely ideas and issues and 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 passion. So you need a leader that that has the ruach has the ability to to not go off the handle, not to not to let people push his buttons. And that's exactly what the Medrash says. Moshe asked, You know, I mean, a lot of people can put up a good front, but you, in a way, are the one that invested human beings with that attitude, with, with the spirit inside of them. And you know who is a Savlan, who is a Ragzon. Who's someone who, you know, you, you will fly off the handle? So, ata, a god, pakadi shaleda shayetzilifneim. Okay, that means when things are difficult, bamidbar. Even when things are difficult, he's not hiding. I remember a um, there was a Rosh Hashiva that that was living in a hurricane zone, and um, a hurricane was coming towards that community. It was on the it was on the east coast. And uh, I remember that um, there was a very, very close friend of mine who happened to pick up the telephone. And when the Rosh Hashiva was calling the, the Tzibor, he was calling the, he was calling the dormitory. And it was in those days, you remember, not everybody had a, uh, their own phone. There would be like one phone and then there'd be a number of extensions. Remember that? <laughs> the extension in the kitchen, the extension in the upstairs. So my very close friend picked up the extension, and it was the Rosh Hashiva calling. And the Rosh Hashiva, it was, you know, the hurricane was imminent. It was about to land. And he wanted to speak to one of the fellows about what should I do about my car? What am I supposed to do? Um, I don't know. Is there some way, you know, is there something like some shield I could put on it? Is there something? And of course, these were the, the according to the weather reports, these were the, the the hurricane would be upon them very, very soon. And this, you know, the Rashiva was more concerned about what was going to happen to his, you know, his brand new Volvo, whatever it was that he had bought. And uh, to me, that was always a symbol of of a lack of leadership. You have to be willing to go out there in the midbar. You you have to. You, that's what leadership is. Um, and what's Asher Yovo Lifneim? That means to go back within them. Whatever they need, nothing is too small. <laughs> Maybe to go care about the other people's cars and be worried about what's going on. Um, again, you know, without getting political, you know, presidents and others. I think uh, President Biden. I think today is uh, is at Surfside, and I think he's meeting. I think with the families, including, of course, the Nevach, all the Jewish families that are that are basically hoping against hope to. To, to to have anyone and but that's part of it is Laasa's called Saracham to be involved in whatever needs they have, whether it's emotional, physical needs, that's Yavo Lifneim to bring them back. You know, sometimes it's very easy and to go out there and be a glory hound and yeah, follow me. But what about coming back 
What about coming back within and dealing with all the small things? That's also something that a leader needs to be sensitive to without, of course, destroying his time. But he has to understand that this is something he needs to be personally involved in. So that's a beautiful shot. And I think Asher Yetzi Lifneim, Asher Yoba Lifneim. And then we have the, the other part of the POSIC, Asher Yotziyim, that he brings them out. How does he bring them out? Bizrizut, the Medrash says. There's, there, there's, there's leaders that are able, because of the way they lead, they are able to create energy, to create excitement. And, and that's really... You know that, that's really the, the the purpose. You know you can't just be a um, you know a cold uh, pencil pusher type of you know uh, commander. Uh, a leader needs to be able to plant the idea of of being exciting, and it should be done with energy. But also, what's Asher Yevim that he's bringing them? He's bringing them back. Bringing them back where? But Tfilosov that he davens. He davens for them. He davens for people. He cares for people, um, even if they're in difficult situations. So this is what the Medrash says, is, 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 is the type of leader Moshe Rabbeinu felt that was needed. Rashi puts it a little more succinctly, but I think the two sources really help um, and reflect each other. Rashi says, you know, Rashi says in this week's parsha again, that Moshe said, You know what everyone is, and you know they're all different. Put a manig there, appoint a leader. She is so vil that he has to be so vil each one. It's 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 not always easy to to deal with people. And again, we talk here. We talked about the equanimity, but also lefidaito. To be able not just to put up a um, a smiling face or a uh, sympathetic face, but meanwhile in your mind, all you're doing is saying, "I wish this guy would stop talking," and I, I don't know what he wants, and I'm just going to wait for him to write his check. But the the manhigim need to actually apply their compassion according to each person, and that takes a what we call in Hebrew pikchut which is really smarts about what the situation is and who the situation is and what that person is about. That is the, is, is, is the Medrash and Chazal's through Rashi and others understanding of what a great manig should be, what a great leader should be. I think that the tshuva that I've chosen today from the Alter Rebbe, I think hits almost all of these uh, points. And I think it indicates why he was more than just this great uh, leader and th- in terms of his thought and in terms of the incredible brilliance of his ideas, but also in terms of being so vilkolechod lefidaito. The Truva was written, uh, according to most uh, people who've investigated this, sometime in the uh, late 18th century sometime around 1794 or something like this. This was a period that, uh, as you know from the history of Chassidus, that Chassidus was making its inroads. Um, there had been, um, it had resisted in large part uh, the assault that was heaved against it, a very bitter and terrible assault, um, which not only uh, you know, 
it was calumny and and denigration of its leaders, but also uh, using uh, the Gentile authorities often. Um, and there was physical altercations between groups. That period, it started to settle. However, uh, the, the Rebbe um, was because of uh, the his his leadership, which had coalesced around the people that coalesced around him, uh, due to Rav Nachman Mendel Vitebsk uh, leaving for Eretz Yisrael, um, started to um, create a sense of what what this Hanhaga was, what this Chabad Hanhaga was, and it's clear that uh, whether this city was a a, a Died in the wool town that was under the Rebbe's influence. Uh, they clearly were modeling themselves. And many people there over what the Rebbe had pushed. One of the things that the Rebbe had pushed uh, and and was um, a uh, promoter of was the proper nusachatvila. Now, there's always been a uh, a discussion as to what the proper Nusach is. We know that this period of the 18th century when uh, Rosh Zalman lived, there were communities throughout Europe, uh, in North Africa and other parts of the world uh, that were davening from a sitter that, that differed from its, uh, each other in, in, in various degrees, whether it was where to say certain phrases, where was whether Baruch Shamar comes before Hodu or afterwards, um, whether you say Sim Shalom or Shalom Rav, um, the length of of, of the Tvilos and the Tachnunim, there were, I would say, even important differences between them. And of course, the question is exactly how that that came to be. From a sociological standpoint, one could say that you know this was an outgrowth of the Golas. This was something you know they there was perhaps. Um, uh, you have to say even something further that there perhaps was a a uh, a vague and I'm saying vague is not the right word uh, a a basic text of the sitter, but the basic text of the sitter wasn't necessarily fleshed out totally and completely, and therefore as the Jewish diaspora became uh, more spread out, so this general basic text would find alterations in different places. That would be a sociological way to look at things. It, it, it runs counter to not just the mystical interpretation, but even the rational sort of interpretation the Rambam gives to how um, the tefillahs were established. He makes it clear that that whole swaths and, and perhaps the complete uh, siddur was something that was composed in order to grant people um, a, a way to be articulate in front of God, indicating that they worked hard. The the Anshikness Zagdola, and it was 120, uh, a group of 120, the August body, had worked hard on creating a text that would be amenable and would allow everyone to sound as if they were uh, able to speak the language perfectly. So if that's the, you need a script, you need a whole script. You can't just have uh, the, the basic uh, par- first part of it to be or not to be, and the rest you're going to have to ad lib. So the Rambam, it seems from the way the Rambam looks at things, that there was a complete 
text that you know, it might have been, it might have become fuller with various tachnunim, but the essential text, the text that the Rambam basically quotes at the, at the end of um, Sefer Ava in Mishnah Torah, in his mind at least, reflected a text that was that was sacrosanct and was put together word by word, specifically these words. Now, uh, the mystics um, put a great emphasis on every word. Um, whether it's the Rav Chaim Belozhnar, who comes from the uh, the Litvisha and the Goyen, or from the Chassidim, every word was considered crucial by the Mekubalit and the and, and people from a mystical bent. Every word contained a certain power, and it, it was greater than the person who was actually concentrating. The person himself might his mind might be wandering, but he has this powerful pellet of of prayer that he is. Uh, exuding towards God, which is able to do amazing things. This was, you know, uh, a, a mystical idea. So therefore you need to get those words right. In fact, the fa- because of the weakness of our ability to concentrate, it's important to get the proper words out of your mouth. And therefore the words were very specific. Now, if that's the case, then how was it that we have such a multifaceted uh, situation where we have tefillos sounding so different and and, 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 and and the verbiage, although similar, being very different in, 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 in many respects. So the the Alta Rebbe's Rebbe, the Magad Mizrich, uh, composed a sort of a mystical tshuva about this. And what he said was, is that the, that the different Nuscholos HaTfilo that we find are harken back to what happened in the time of the first Beis HaMikdosh. The first Beis HaMikdosh and the description of the Mishnah uh, in, in, in Midos and Tamid and the Psukim and Sefer Yechesko, they all can give us a, a, an image of what the Beis HaMikdosh was. And we know that there were 13 um, openings to get into the Azara, 13 ways. Um, what the Magnum Israel says was each way was connected to a certain Shevet. Now, the Shevet not only had their own way into the Beis HaMikdash, as Shlomo Melech tells us, the Beis HaMikdash was a place of, of tefillah. It wasn't just a place of animal sacrifice. It was a place of davening. And therefore, each Shevet had its own way of davening, similar to their, 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 their brother Shvatim, but subtly different. And therefore, the Magid says there existed in the time of Bayez Rishon, and maybe even including Bayesheni, based on the Ramban, the beginning of Megillah, who says that there was representatives of all the Shvatim, uh, even during Bayesheni, although there wasn't necessarily uh, a Yoivo, then they didn't have most of Eretz Yisrael, but they still had representatives of, of all the Shvatim. So you had 12 different ways to daven, and they were subtly different. And this, the Magid says, is the reason why we have sort of like uh, all these different forms. It might be Minig Ashkenaz, old Minig Ashkenaz is based on Shevet Yisoskar. It might be that the, the Minag in Tunisia or the Minag in by the Taimanim is based on Minag Binyamin. And because of that, uh, there has been this disparate uh, uh, ways of how to speak to God. However, as I said, there's a 13th char, the Magid said. And the Magid said this was a char for everyone, meaning there were people who came as as converts who didn't necessarily have a shavit. It's a big question, Aloha, what should a Geir Tzedek do? 
uh, can he just pick whichever one he wants, which is Rabbi Yashiv and others say. Um, but the Magad seems to say that someone who didn't know what his shavit was, uh, or or through some sort of you know confusion or marriage of uh, from cross stuffing with, with Shvatim, and maybe you know the parent, uh, you know, the the parent, the parent father died before he was able to teach the kids what it was, and the kids were living perhaps with their mother in a different shavit. So then they weren't sure exactly uh, which shavit the dad had come from. So in that type of situation, there is a 13th shavit, which is called the Shara Kailo. Now, it isn't just a fallback, the Magad said. It actually represents a type of koach of tefillah that, uh, a nusach that anyone could use. And it's able to combine all the best of the other, uh, of the other uh ways of davening that the other Shvatim represented. You know, the Rebbe, uh, the Lubavitch Rebbe, the Roshner Zalman, the first, uh, he made it one of his uh, uh, campaign, one of the great works of his life, as he wrote about, and was discovering all these variant texts and figuring out what was that Nusach which he says was the Nusach of the Ari. Now the Arizal, even before him, had changed his had changed his way of davening. He was raised among the Ashkenazim. When he uh, developed his mystical um, uh, mahus, uh, as it was, he had this gaus, you know, the revelation of who he of, 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 in a whole different way. His students talk about his tefilos, and they are very different than standard Ashkenaz tefilos. And um, that is the uh, Arizal. Uh, and although he didn't print a sitter specifically, there were versions of what that sitter might be. Uh, and there was uh, there was Kisve Ari that needed to be hunted down from students, Rav Chaim Vital, Rav Chaim Vital's son, Rav Vital. And the Rav Shner Zalman of Liadi, working through Kisve Ari and other manuscripts and other Shmuas, uh, was able to develop the Siddur, which you know, know as Tzitivos Hashem, or Siddur Ari, and that, of course, is considered the Siddur that anybody could dive in with, and the Siddur that represented the Shara Kailo, which I said, not just a fallback, was actually considered a better way to dive in. Now, this Siddur Ari, and it's Nusach, uh, and the notes about it were already being circulated, I believe, at the time that this Chuba was being written, and it's very possible that these minyanim that were springing up were minyanim that were springing up in these various cities where the Rebbe's charisma and power and his writings had taken hold, and people wanted to daven that Nusach because it was promoted as the greatest Nusach, the Nusach that could finally, perhaps, if everybody accepts it, uh, it could be somewhat like a like, like, like the or somewhat like the, the, the 13th gate of, a, of almost like a messianic way to daven. As it as it heralds back to a, an incredible past, but also uh, is points to this incredible future that brings everyone together. So the Rebbe, um, in one sense, had a vested interest in people davening that nusach. What happened to us, of course, like you know, today we look at chassidus as being somewhat uh, old-fashioned, but just like all radical movements, the people who join them and the people who supply the energy, first and foremost, are the young people. And it was the young people who had caught, who had taken hold of the the Lubavitcher Rebbe's ksavim, who um, uh, realized that although they couldn't necessarily be with him in a consistent way, they could uh, daven according to his nusrois, learn. 
the material that he had started to propagate, that would mean forming their own minyanim. As we said in a previous uh, discussion here, in a previous class, perhaps it's not as bad as saying your shechita is possible and you guys are eating treif, but it does create separate batekinisiyot, separate shuls, separate nuschos. Um, and in this case, it, it might have been happening perhaps in a side room in one of the shuls, or it might have been a small room down the block. But the children of the parents wanted to make their own minion. And this was the the question here, because Reb, the, the person who asked the Rebbe, uh, as you can see, had written a, a letter to the Rebbe about the situation. The, the parents had uh, felt that what was going on here was against halacha. It was usher because they were going against the minig of the city and the minig that they had, and your child has to follow the minig of the, of the city and of his parents. And the second issue, of course, was it was a pure kibbutz of aim. Now that the parent was saying you shouldn't do this, the kibbutz of aim demanded that. If to honor your parents, how could you have a mitzvah above Avera? How could you have a, uh, uh, even if you want to say it's so great for you to daven that way, but you're violating your, one of the cardinal principles of Judaism, the Ten Commandments, you're going against what a father would want, a father or a mother would want. That was the question that Rebeliezer Katz was dealing with, the rub of this unknown city. Um, it's clear that the uh, that the Rebbe respects him. He calls him a rav, a moragodal, a mafursim. Um, and uh, he clearly uh, understands that he's dealing with a, a major Torah scholar. But if we take a look at the Rebbe's letter, he says, As you can see, I have the greatest respect for you. Um, and I consider you extremely intelligent and I uh, not condescending to you. But I, I first I want to daven. I want to daven to God and I want, and hopefully you will understand what my tefillah is because it's about you I'm davening. Normally, when a person writes a letter, especially to a rabbi, you can imagine uh, Rabbi Yezer was obviously not on the level of, of Rav Shner Zalman, but still a, a, a very proficient Talmud Chacham in his own right. But you, you carefully write through your ideas. And what was known to be done was not just to keep it short and sweet, but actually to develop the idea, to go through the sources, um, to and therefore come to your maskonos. You're saying, I think this is right, and this is what led me to this. And it seems like it was quite a long letter, and it went through the sources inside, picked them apart, maybe had a question and a point, and moving towards a certain end. The Rebbe understands that when someone writes you and takes so much effort to put into that, the standard way to respond is paragraph by paragraph, especially if he numbers the paragraphs that you're going to take, okay, here's point one, and here's my response to it, and actually going within uh, and, and following the depth and ideas that the person had uh, taken the time to present to you. He says, I can't do that. Uh, and, I, and again, even though you're worth it, he says, Hashem Azman even though it's what you did was Pupulam Rabim and Atsumim, it was brilliant and it was really sharp and it was really the way people are learning. He said, I don't have the time, Enazman Grumali, to actually take my pen out and to write in the standard way, which he calls Lashem Medaberis Gedolos, 
which is the way of the flowery rabbinic style, barichos hamana, uh, to do every point the way you presented it, that would be the, if he quote my was quote the rosa, that's what you would deserve. But he says, uh, but so please accept it. He says, maybe if God will allow me to visit Lisraus Ponobiosibinas Poland, even though he spent the time here in White Russia, he says, maybe I will go to Poland proper and there Sham there we'll be able to speak and we I will be able to talk about this sugi that you obviously put a lot of effort into. He says, but one thing, and here we see the idea that we had spoken about before, that there's a certain gift that you want the person to have, the gift to be able to recognize who people are and what they're about and what's what's motivating even intellectual arguments that they're making. He says, I want Lagalus Ozen Malus Kvotarosa Asharni Echseli. That's almost like a prophetic term that I can see something about you. I'm able to discern something about you. And it's muvanli mimichtovo. I know it and I can see it from the letter itself. Sherish nukudas amitas levavo. I see that the the depth of of your the truth of your heart, that what you're about is neman ba'avasasholam. The idea of this community splitting apart is what eats at you. And you are like Aaron, the Mizar of the Aaron Kaasi, Oyer Shalom Barodiv Shalom. Now, Aaron, of course, would fudge the truth sometimes in order to bring the two parties together. But it was the fact that he loved both people. He wasn't just trying to be like a hall monitor or, or, or many teachers say, just let's, let's have quiet in the class. Okay, everybody, okay, you go to your corner, you go to your corner, no fighting. That's not what Aaron was about. Aaron was about recognizing the, 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 the significance of each party and wanting each party to understand each other also in a positive way. And therefore, that's why you, because you're an Aaron person, you're a Kohen, your name is Katz, Kohen Zedek, you come from Aaron, Lahapik Beskus Ovos. Therefore, you're trying in your way to give something positive to these older, the older people who are stopping their kids from going to this minion. And because you can't just say, well, I don't think they're right, but because of Shalom, your the shalom that you feel the fact that you want to create shalom has allowed you to see their argument as having more halachic validity than perhaps it really deserves. You, again, you believe it's completely l'shem shemayim, and I don't doubt that they think it's l'shem shemayim. However, the the Rav Shneir Zalman says, "Ava Rabazu kilkula es Ashur Asher Yamino." Uh, we know that uh, this this verse is used many times. This phrase is used many times. That sometimes, because of the great ava people have, they they sometimes engage in behavior which is not so straight. Avram Avinu's ava for God was so straight. The Gemara says that he was willing to um, he was willing to uh, saddle his own donkey, which was unusual for someone such a great person, because he loved God. He wanted to do the will of God. So you end up doing things which. You, which would be improper almost for someone of aristocratic nature. In the same way, in terms of thought, he's saying your great Ava has caused you to think somewhat incorrectly about this. And you've written about it, but I think your Ava, in order because you love each side and you want there to be Shalom, has caused you uh, to have this problem. And therefore, the Tosis and Yavamas, you have, um, you have allowed yourself to... Um, to look at it incorrectly. 
and we will we'll go into that Gemara uh, in a minute, and I will give you a um, a uh, synopsis of what uh, Tosva says there. Uh, you also Kosovatruvas Marik Shunegan Mashmos Agamara Vaposkim. One of the uh, leaders uh, in this field, meaning the one of the first people who who really articulated clearly in the Truvis forum about what does Kibbutz mean, was the Marik Rabbis of Cologne uh, from the 15th century, who was from uh, Germany, ended up being in Italy, um, and um, you thought that what the Marie Cologne said was against the Gemara and was against the Paiskim. The truth is, is that, you know, his principle, which we will uh, explain, is actually, it's the opposite. Really, to think differently is is incorrect. And what this is, of course, is going to be connected to is what is Kibbutz? If a parent feels very strongly about something, even to the point that they seem to be getting very, very upset that they want certain things done a certain way. Does that automatically count and is keep it off and they're not listening to it? Does that automatically count as a zilzal and keep it off? But, you know, let's follow the, you know, the, at least partially what the Rebbe is going to do in terms of his quoting of the Gemara and Kedushan. So I think it's important to see the Taisus in Yavamis that, that he's referring to and the Chuvas Maharik. So in order to do that, uh, let's take a look at the Gemara in Yavamis for a second. Uh, the Gemara in Yavamis that the author is referring to uh, is a very important piece of Gemara that is the source for um, Essay Del Chalosa Say, that a positive mitzvah is able to, uh, the fulfillment of it uh, becomes more significant even than uh, the uh, worry of violating a negative commandment. And the Mishnah in Yavamas uh, deals with the uh, halacha that although we know Yiba means that someone who had been your uh, brother's wife, who normally, of course, is usher to you, but if your brother dies childless, you have a mitzvah to actually uh, live with her, to actually uh, begin a marriage with her, so to speak, in order to be Makayim Yibum, this does not apply if, let's say, your brother's wife is also, for example, two brothers married two sisters. So she's also your wife's sister. There, despite the fact that your brother dies childless, there we do not allow Yibum to occur. And um, the, the Gemara quotes a Brisa that proves it from the words it says when it speaks about marrying two uh, two sisters it says it says isha alachosel tikach litzor legalos ervasel aleha bechayeha so if i'm married to one sister i should not bring into the home another sister um which is a litzor uh, which now makes uh, these two women sort of being sorrowed to each other. They're sort of like now in odds with each other. Um, uh, and then it says, um, Olecha. Hmm. It says, Legalos Ervosa Olecha, that I'm going to now sleep with the other one 
but Alecha, I'm not sleeping Alecha. I'm not sleeping along with the other. I'm not doing <laughs> sleeping with both of them together. What is this Alecha? Um, Alecha seems to be out of place. Now, Bechayeha makes sense because that means if if a person is married to uh, a, 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 a woman and she dies, he can marry that's the sister of that woman. And many, many Jews and, and Claudius Yisrael have done that. Uh, Rav Kook Satsal, I believe, did that as well. And this was something that was done by many Rabbanim. It was considered a, a nice thing, an important thing to do, assuming that the younger sister or the older sister, whatever, was 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 single and uh, it was considered a proper thing. But while she's alive, you can't have them both. But what do you need the word Aleha for? So Chazal have a tradition that Aleha means that even though there, in, had this, uh, there would be a mitzvah of Yibam, because the man she was married to uh, was your brother who died without children, it does not apply. Yibam only applies with one situation where it was your brother's wife, not when it was your wife's sister. So the Gemara asks the following question. The Gemara says, hmm, um, why do I need that Pusik for that? Because clearly there's an Isra Kares here. What's the Yisra Kares? She's your wife's sister. Why would you think that, that the Yisra Kares is lifted? Why do we need a Pasuk for that? The Torah says only if it's one Yisra Kares, which is uh, y- 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 your brother's wife. Your brother's now dead. But it, while your wife is still alive and it's your wife's sister, why would you need a Pasuk to tell you that the mitzvah of Yibam doesn't apply? That's the Gemara's question. So the Gemara says, the following. The Gemara says, Hechi Eshkachan. He says, Lo sheyesh hechi eshkachan Where do we ever find that the assay of doing a mitzvah can knock out a los assay that has kares in it. We know that there is an assay to wear tzitzis, and that means even to put wool strings on a linen garment. Okay, so that's an assay and a los assay. Wearing shotnays is a los assay. It's a los assay that uh, people shouldn't do. And the assay is an assay to wear tzitzis. So we learn out from there at the assay is more important than the lozase, because the only way you could have a four-cornered linen garment with tzitzis is by inserting shotnays, about inserting the other strings onto the corners of that garment, creating shotnays. But why would I think yibum would apply where what we're talking about is sleeping with your wife's sister, which is an Isra Kares? How could the mitzvah of yibum ever have been thought to have been more powerful than some Isra Kares. Now it's true when it's when it's your when it's your brother's wife, and let's say she has children, then she's also to you with an Isra of Kares, because that's called an Aishas Ach Shalobamaka mitzvah. But where the Torah decided that there's a mitzvah of Yibum, there is no Isra Kares there. But if you're gonna add the fact that she happens to be your wife's sister, or sometimes even your daughter which could happen as well, because your brother could marry your daughter. Your, uh, 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 a man is allowed to marry his niece. 
and then he dies without children. With their, with their, do you need a pusik to say that you can't sleep with your with your daughter because she was your brother's wife who has now died childless? Where do we ever see that an essay is so powerful? That's the Gemara's question. So the Gemara says, you know, where you do see it? Where? From Kibbut Aveim. Kibbut Aveim, you see that there's a possibility that the essay of Kibbut Av can even go against an Isra Kores. Where do you see that? The Pasuk says in Parshat Kedoshim, Yochel ye Kibbut Aveim doche Shabbos, Talmud Lomer, Ish imo v'ovev tiro, Beshab sosai tishmoru. You're all familiar with that Pasuk in the beginning of Parshat Kedoshim. Keep uh, fear your parents and uh, keep my Shabbos. What are those two things doing together? Why did God put them in the same verse? <clears throat> so we have a tradition that's telling you, Kulchem Chaim Bechvodi, meaning Kibbut Aveim is not stronger than Shmira Shabbos, which means if your parents want you to be Machavo Shabbos, you don't do it. And why don't you do it? Because the Torah says, as much as you need to honor your parents, they need to honor me, and Shabbos is the greatest way of honoring me, and they can't tell you to violate Shabbos. What were they telling you to do that we need a Pusik to say, don't listen to them? My love, the Omer Leshkotli, Basheli. What is what they were saying? They were saying, slaughter for me, cook for me, I want some food. Okay. And you see that the only reason why you don't do it is because the Torah fused these psukim together by putting by, by attaching the term Shabsosai Tishmoru onto this verse. We now know that you're not Machalo Shabbos. But had it not been for God saying specifically not to do it, we know that being Machalo Shabbos is a chi of Misa, chi of Skiva, and without Adis and Astra, it's a chi of Kares. Why would you think that you should listen to your parents? It must be a lavachidachi. It must be that the power of an anaseh is so strong without the Torah telling you, no, no, don't go that far. The power of an anaseh is so strong, fulfilling it, would, you would be able in the throes of fulfilling it to push away the losaseh of even a lav of kares. says, no, no, no. You know what it means? It doesn't mean slaughtering an animal. It's, there's another lav of Shabbos. The other lav of Shabbos is mechamer, the lav of going, uh, uh, of, of sort of walking with your animal, uh, letting your animal carry a pack of stuff, and then walking behind it and saying, come on, Bessie, come on, go, 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 go. That's a lav on Shabbos. You can't do that. Your animal's working, and you're over a lav for doing that. That's a lav of Shabbos. It's, it's, it's not a malacha that you're chayiv kares or chayiv skila for, but it's a lav. And that's what the Torah meant. You, that's where the Torah says that you might have thought that listening to your, if your parents are saying, your father says to you, come on, put on top of Bessie all those, uh, all that fruit that I want, all that Rainier cherries that just got fresh from the store, put it on Bessie and I want you to bring it to me across, go a couple of blocks and bring it to me because I want to eat all those cherries. No, that's what would that be? That would be a lava of machamer. You wouldn't be high of skewer for that. The Torah is telling you a few So that shows you. That only shows you that there's an essay dochalosa say, but you don't know about yibum. So, 
the Gemara uh, um, actually says that if you're going to tell me this answer, um, we're going to have a, a problem. Because if you're telling me that this is a lav of machamer, which is just a, a, a lav, not a kares lav, so maybe it's not true that essay do say. Maybe the fact that you put shotnays in your tzitzis doesn't mean that you always say the assay is stronger than the los assay, right? And therefore, let's actually say an assay is not do chalos assay. This should be the source that assay is never do from, 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 from Shabbos. God is telling you. Mar says, if you want to tell me you think that it's only for Shabbos, it's only laws of Shabbos, even the ones that aren't Chayef Kares, that, that you don't say essay is Docha. But normally, like by, for, for Tzitzis and other types of, uh, I, I'm sorry, like Klayim and other types of Los Assays, the Assay is strong enough to be Docha. We know that there's a teaching based on this Pasik, which has nothing to do with Shabbos. And, and, and what is it? What is it teaching? It says, let's say your father tells you, go and get me those eggs. Go and get me those chicken. I want that chicken, a fresh chicken. Well, where is it? It's in the graveyard. But I'm a coin. You're a coin. I don't care. Go in there, make yourself tummy and get me that chicken. No. If your father asks you to do that, or let's say, um, he tells you, hmm, he says, what are you doing over there with that guy's stuff there? Well, I got to return this item. It's a lost item, and I know whose it is. It's the guy down the street. Don't do that. Don't do that. I, I want you to bring me my food. If he tells you that he, you shouldn't do Ashavas Aveda, Yachol Yishmelo, Talmud Lomar, Ishim of again, the Pasach, Rasaisei Tishmaru, Kulchem, Okay, so you see, it's not just about Shabbos. You see that Kibbutz really doesn't work against almost any Avera. Any Avera. The Avera of not returning a lost item. The Avera of a Kohen becoming Tomei. Kibbutz does not, is not powerful enough to get you to stop doing that. And that's what we learn from this Pasuk and Parshas Kedoshim, that it's somehow, if he tries to get you to violate any Avera, even though it's an Avera, he wants you to violate for his benefit. Not just because he doesn't like you doing the mitzvah, but it would seem because he wants it for your benefit. You don't listen to your parent. Hmm. So now, the problem is, this should now be a proof just like Kibbutz, it should now be a proof that we never violate a Navera for any mitzvah. We don't allow any mitzvah to be so strong that even though it's the only way to fulfill the mitzvah, we always take the safe course and we restrict ourselves uh, because of the Avera. And that's what we should learn out from this Pasuk. So the Gemara says, no, Ela Mishum you know what we could say? We could say that we're not going to use this as the source that essay is not dochaloso say. Put the put the climb in your tzitzis. Put shotnays in your tzitzis. That's the only way you can fulfill the mitzvah of tzitzis if you're wearing a linen uh, shirt. 
However, when you're doing kibbutz avaim, it's a hechsher mitzvah. Let me explain. When I say to my child, um, "Please don't don't return that thing," or I say to him, "Can you go get me? Go in that graveyard and get me my stuff." That's not actually feeding him. That he wants that food, but it's the step before actually feeding him and and taking care of him. It's what gets you there, but it's not actually that. Or if he says, "I don't want you wasting time returning," you know, you know that guy, that that neighbor's donkey. I want you to come over and make me my eggs. Okay, but but if I do that, Dad. You know, the, the donkey will be lost. He won't have it anymore. So the Torah says, don't return the donkey, the Torah says. Now, the Gemara is answering, but the moment that you're doing returning the donkey, even though you're wasting time and you could be making the eggs, you're not actually, you know, that's just the means to get to him quicker to make the eggs. But to, but but you're not actually feeding him at that moment. He just wants you to have the time so he'll be able to use you in order to, to, to for what he wants. So Tosfus there says that um, <laughs> it would seem from Tosfus that the mitzvah is of keep it off, although many times we have to do many things before we get there. The real mitzvah is taking care of his actual needs. That's when the mitzvah is really purely fulfilled. Even the steps beforehand are considered incidental. Going into the graveyard to get the the chicken is only the step before. But the real mitzvah of kibud is really uh, only happens when you actually prepare the food and give it to him to eat and he's actually eating it and becoming stronger and and, and, and able to live longer. That's where the kavod is. The steps beforehand are only considered hechsher mitzvah. So now, even more so, the Alter Rebbe is saying, when you're talking about steps that have no connection at all to his well-being and his physical being taken care of, he just doesn't want you to daven in that minion. He 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 puts up a front and he says, I don't want you to do this. This goes against my will. You're going against what I say is right. Well, that's not keep it up. Keep it up, as the Alta Rebbe explains. And we'll, we'll just finish up on this point. He says, Venapahu. It's really the opposite to say that that the mar, that the marik is wrong. He says, "What does the Gemara say?" The Gemara says, "What does kibud mean?" Ezo kibud, machelo, feed him, mashkeyu, give him uh, to drink, um, and malbisho, give him clothes, manivo, give him his shoes. That is what kavod is. If he just wants you to run around the block, if he just wants you not to vote for a certain candidate, that's not kovod. 
And he says, if you look in the, all the poskim, the Alter Rebbe says, who quote the mitzvah of Kibbutz, they give you the list. And they're all about things that are connected to that person physically. Now, I have to say, mental and physical are, are very interconnected. Uh, if, if the person is in, is in mental pain because of things you say to them, then of course that that's that that's relevant to them, to their body, to their well-being, to their whole self. But if it's just some sort of abstract will that the person has, they just is against you doing something, especially if there is no necessarily emotional connection to it. Uh, what I say goes. I'm your father, and I say you can't do that. No, that's not. There's no mitzvah keep it up aim in that case. And he says. The the Alter Reb is medayik from the Gemara. It says, "A zehu kibud." A zel means this is what it is. This is what kibud is. Nothing else. The Yerushalmi also says, when it talks about the five things, it says that there are five things that are connected. Uh, what you need to do, right? Michael, Mashka. Malbish, Manilo, Manhig, take him for a walk. See, the Shalmi says that a father gives a son five gifts. He gives him his handsomeness. He gives him his energy. He gives him his wealth. He gives him his ability to think. And he also is an indicator of how long his child is going to live. I don't know if biology or uh, science has indicated this is true, but this is what the Shalmi says. That the fa- that the, a child receives from his father specifically these five gifts, and then the Yerushalmi goes on. And the same way you give your child these five positives, he needs to give to you five things, which are eating, drinking, clothing, um, and uh, shoe putting on the shoes properly, uh, and and leading you out when you need to walk. So you see the Alter Rebbe says from the Yerushalmi that these five are very specific. Otherwise, the drasha makes no sense. Right? Isn't, now, you could just say, well, Chazal, just like putting the numbers five together. But he's saying it sounds like it's, it's limited to things that are connected to his well-being. And therefore, he says, it's b'minyan mechuvan u'meduktok. It's specific in eget heidvarim. So therefore, um, it does not apply to, you can't go to that minion. And even though you said that you think you have a different pshad in the tosvos, uh, we're not going to get into it right now, but your pshad is a dochek. And and you say that the marik who, who says this is against the poskim? No. First of all, the Gemara is, is that way. And there's many Rishonim who say like the Maharik. You didn't know about them, the Alter Rebbe says, but I found them. I found them in Yavamos in the Gemara. I found them in the Shita Mikubetzas. I found them in various places where you see what the Maharik is saying is really not just some 15th century opinion, but it really represents some of the great Rishonim that preceded him. And he says... He says that uh, he says that they don't even need me. He says there's 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 Rabbeinu Hananel quoted in Tosvos. Uh, there's the Rashba in Yevamos. The Shita Mikubetzes quotes the Ramban. Do you think they need a chizik mimeni? Do you think they need me to say they're right? So 
you didn't see all of this. But if you look at it properly, you'll see that there is no, it's not considered a, a, an Avera of keep it off to decide to go to your own minion, even though your father would rather you not daven there and not daven that Nusach. But I think you're wrong. However, I know what you want to do is right. Your kavana is right. You want to bring Sholem because you realize that you can't, you're not going to use logic here. So even though I think your reasoning is, is, is not correct, but you are looking at the result, which is it's going to be a more peaceful situation. I will agree. In other words, you can use my opinion and say, I agree with you. And I will join you. And I will tell that minion that they should not change their nusach. And when it comes to Barak Shamar, they shouldn't say Hodu first. They should say Barak Shamar. It should be until after Shemona Esrei. It should be exactly the way their parents are davening. Now, but only because that if you, I agree as a as a way, although it's not necessarily halachically accurate what you said, but if this is a way to create shalom with the two minyanim, be'emeslamita, really shalom, because you understand the young people want to have their own minyan. You want to understand that they want to do their thing, and you and and and, and now you can feel they're not turning their backs on us. And that should be the end of it. That should be the end of it. Now that you, okay, they're diving the same nusach as you, don't come up with something else that they're growing their payas. Don't go up with something else that they're going to the mikvah now. Okay, they have, they're davening the same nusach as you, and this way, there's you're letting them have their own minion, and you're not fighting with them. And I'll agree with you, because this will be a way to bring the parents back to their children. Not necessarily the other way around. <laughs> but the parents will at least be able to to deal with it, and they will not have this element of of of, of anger and possibly hate. He says, "Vashem yigmor baado and hopefully your intent, God will allow it to happen, just like the bracha that you as a kohen always give, the power God gives to every kohen. V'yaseh mlecha shalom." to allow the Kohen to create Shalom to the people that he's ministering to. So, uh, therefore, God should be with you, and I will join it as far as that goes. However, and, and as, 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 as I mentioned, he says that he believes that there is no Isser here about changing your Minag. And he believes that you can decide to change your Minag of the way you daven, and he, he doesn't quote his Rebbe, the, the, the Magid. He quotes one of the uh, Turkish uh, great postkim, the Marashdam. And he says, if you look in that Sefer, you will see that he basically says that changing Minhogim and of Tfilah or Nuschos, they are so similar, in other words. The, true, the, the, the Nuschos are so similar that... Um, you cannot say, oh, this is the way we always daven. And therefore, if you look in the Marashdam, which was a safer many people quote, you see that 
deciding to dive in the Nusach Hari that he developed is not a problem. But again, Lamana Shalom, I'll go Lifnei Vilifnim Mishuras Adin. I'll go farther than I should. I'll be a Chosid. I'll go Lifnim Mishuras Adin. I really don't have to, because really it's not us or what they did at all. It's not, again, it's not a, a, a Chisarn and Kibbutz. We proved that. Even going against the minute of the city is not true, because as far it's not like they, they they threw away the custom of the city. However, I again will go with you, but you need to impress how important Shalom is. You need to impress them, so you can use my name here, because Shalom is so great, and God, of course, should grant Shalom there. So once again, you see that, as I wrote in the intro, that yes, Achdus is important. Achdus is crucial, perhaps. Achdus and Shalom is, 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 is such an important thing. However, perhaps, <laughs> you know, it can't be Achdus with a lie, <laughs> right? Um, it can't be Achdus with a lie. It really needs to be positioned with precise parameters. Yes, Shalom and Achdus is important, but there needs to be a record to show that you know this is uh, the and maybe the record only exists by the rabbonim themselves who really know. But we need to realize that we might do things and we might try to justify them with sometimes an inexact uh, language because we want Shalom. But we, the position that 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 creates that argument, the position of the of the Rebbe who is approaching it from a halachic perspective, there is no problem of kibbutz, and there is no problem of considering. Oh, we changed the minhagim. Now again, this is obviously something which others might argue with to decide that if your father davens one nusach, that you're now going to daven another nusach. The Alter Rebbe uh, throws himself onto the Marshdam and others who feel that, let's say there's a custom that you're not allowed to, uh, a custom that we don't do malacha in this town. And you come to this town. Well, of course, you can't say, well, I'm, I'm doing malacha. Or even the opposite. <laughs> if you come, you say, well, uh, I, I'm going to be machmer now. Right? That would be a problem of, 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 creating, of creating a machlokas by showing that you're doing things different. But davening a different nusach, he feels is not a violation of that at all. Again, there obviously might be room to argue. My point of presenting this to you is that I think you see that he was a manig hasovel, that he was really uh, you know, you know, understanding. And he, he also knows that that he gives cats, or the lesser cats, lesser cats, it gives him credit for being able to steer the ship, despite the fact that the principles that that he had developed, he felt were faulty, because the motivating force behind it was the thing that was most crucial, which is that there should not be a, a, a machlokas chas v'shalom, and it shouldn't get worse. And again, you know, part of you know Chabad, they will tell you, is all about love. So about Lubavitch supposedly meant a city that had love. I think that um, where there is machlokas, um, you know, it just gets bigger 
and stronger all the time. And I think that's, again, where you see um, you need to know who to speak to. And to the people in charge, you explain what the real truth is, and you even let them foist upon the community a sort of a fiction, perhaps. Um, but since the shalom is the important thing, the actual, you know, if somebody wants to discover the halachas, they can go through it. But right now, this is the way we are managing it. And I think that's that, that I think is practical, important leadership. I think the stand on principle is also, again, the type of thing that, that, that undermines the big thing. Uh, again, that type of balance, I think, is the greatness of, of, of the Alta Rebbe as, again, the premier, in this sense, uh, the Chesidish Rebbe Shepesik. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.